Hello, world. You are listening to Townley Money Basics, the podcast that helps you improve your financial knowledge. I am your host, Sean Townley. Welcome, world, to Townley Money Basics, the show that takes this big concept we call money and breaks it into itty-bitty pieces so I can understand it better, and hopefully you can too. Today, we're going to be talking about stock markets. The stock market refers to the public markets that exist for issuing, buying, and selling stocks that trade on a stock exchange or over-the-counter. Stocks are also known as equities, represent fractional ownership in a company, and the stock market is a place where investors can buy and sell ownership of each investable asset. An efficiently running stock market is considered critical to economic development as it gives companies the ability to quickly access capital from the public. Now, I know that was a lot to take in all at once, and that's why we're going to break it down in this podcast today. So stock markets. There's, there's several stock exchanges in the world. These are the marketplaces where companies can be sold and bought. There's 60 of them in a global, and the New York Stock Exchange is by far the largest one, and it was valued at about $24 trillion as of August of this year. So that's a lot of money in one place. And there's a lot of other trillions of dollar market exchanges throughout the world. I'm not going to take the time to go through all of them, but many of us already know the New York Stock Exchange and even the NASDAQ, which is the number two those are the two. So that when you see the news a lot, normally you see what, how those markets are doing. And we're going to break that down a little bit today. So the whole purpose of stock markets is raising capital for companies, right? It, this, is, this is the way, instead of taking on debt or by borrowing money from a bank, that they can issue a part of their ownership in exchange for equity in the business, right? So, I mean, so in other words, they say, hey, we're going to take some of our business and make it available. We're going to carve it into little bitty pieces and let you buy part of it. And then you become partial owner of the business. So what does that do for them? Well, it gets some instant money. That's exactly what it does. So that way they don't have to borrow it going forward. So they get to expand their business. They can take this money and use it for anything they want. They can expand the business by investing in other opportunities to grow. They can build plants. Maybe they invest in some of their R&D strategies and try to become a bigger, bigger company going forward. So if you believe in that and you want to own part of that, then you would invest in that company by buying some of those shares that are offered out there on the market. So the other reason is money can be used without interest, right? The, one of the things is with this money, since they're giving you a piece of the company, they don't have to pay back this money. Now, they may want to at some point come back and say, hey, buy their stock back from you. But you're not obligated to do that because you're the owner of the company. So that's what you get out of it. Owning part of the company, having a little bit of say into it when, when they get around to voting on different issues or, or board members going forward. But we'll talk about the stock types here in just a little bit. So why would an investor want to do this? Because if you have a company out there and you want to own a little piece of it, maybe it's something that's near and dear to you. Like, uh, you know, I like Tesla. So maybe I will buy a little bit of Tesla because I like what they're doing. I like the innovation. And so I want to be part of that action or feel like that I'm part of that company. Then I can spend money to buy stock shares of that company so that I can say, hey, you know, I'm part of the future. This is this is what I want to do. So I'm not recommending that you buy that. I am not a financial advisor. So if you want to talk to a financial advisor and which stocks you're going to do, you're going to have to go somewhere else. I am not licensed to do that. I was just using it simply as an example. So you get to own part of the company, which is cool because then you can walk around saying, well, I own Tesla. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you if people actually do that. I, some people, some of my friends actually do that. It's kind of funny and we just kind of chuckle because it's such a minute little part of the company. We don't have any real say in it, but we do get voting opportunities. 
you can use those votes. So depending on how much stock that you own, gives you a number of votes if you have the right type of of stock. And then you can kind of have some say in what the company does. You can vote for board members and you can, you can, you know, dictate what, what big initiatives they're going to do going over time. Of course, that's mostly done by the board itself and whoever's running the company. So in this example, it'd be Elon Musk would have you know the most to say about that going forward. So also you can sell portion at a later time. So if you buy a stock and it's worth a hundred dollars today, and then after six months, it's worth $200. You have an opportunity to sell that. Now you're giving up your ownership or at least partial ownership of that company, whatever you decide to sell, but you make that money, right? And that's called capital gains and you will have to pay taxes on it later on. But, uh, you know, that is one way for you to make money. And that's, that's, a you know, something that, that is kind of cool about it. That's why a lot of people do invest is because they, you know, you can sleep and your money's still earning money. But the opposite is also true. If you buy a stock for $100 and it goes down, if the markets get uh, in, into what they call a, uh, a bearish uh, type of environment, then the, the cost will go down and that's part of the risk, right? So there's no risk, no reward. So if you don't invest, there's no risk. But if you do invest, there's always going to be a risk. There's uh, unlimited upside and there's, uh, you know, it can go all the way down to zero. That can be the downside of it too. So be careful when you when you decide which companies you want to pick or even in the overall market. So, And then sometimes some of these stocks actually pay dividends. So as these companies mature and they start to make profits, they pay what's called dividends to you. So if you own these stocks, they'll pay a portion of their profits back to you and you can decide to invest them in or you can take them out. Some people live on dividends alone. If Once you have enough stock in a company that pays dividends and they're doing well over time, you might have enough to not have to work anymore and you can just live off those dividends going forward. But talk to a financial advisor about that. I'm not going to go into great detail about that, but that's one of the reasons why people like to invest in companies, especially ones that pay dividends going over. So there's a couple of different stock types. There's uh, The first one's called common stock, and that's when you have ownership in a company with a voting share. So this is the one that's, as, as the name implies, it's a bit common, and you would get an opportunity. So based on however many shares of the company that you own, you would get a vote for that. So if you own 100 shares, you'd get kind of like 100 votes. Now, keep in mind that your, your piece of the pie is probably teeny tiny, but there is some opportunity for some bigger investors if they buy enough shares that they would have an interest in making sure they vote and they could even sway because they would have enough, depending on the percentage of the total amount of stocks that are in the company, they may have an opportunity to have a bigger voice going forward. But you will still have the opportunity to vote with a common stock and you, with the ownership, you can say, hey, I think you should do this. Now, if enough people agree with you, then it'll happen. And if not, then you'll, you'll, you won't get what you wanted to vote for. So you can use those votes to select board members or approving and disapproving mergers. Sometimes companies get big and they see an opportunity. Maybe a competitor is, is they're able to buy them out. And that's a, a process to where if, if the company itself can buy enough stock into someone else, they can end up owning them in the process. Uh, sometimes that's called a hostile takeover. But, um, you know, you, you would have some voting rights to do that. In, in a recent example with Twitter, right, Elon Musk was talking about buying them. You know, the stockholders had to agree or, and, and to, to be bought out. So that's one of the things that you could be voting on. And that's what you would use your voting share to do. And then remember, as you own pieces of this stock, if, you, if the company is doing well, there's really unlimited upside to it. So the, the, if you buy a company at... $100 a share and it goes up to $1,000 a share, you'll have to kind of think, you know, is it going to continue to grow or should I should I sell it? And this is where it gets very complicated. There's not really a good time to buy or sell. 
Uh, I mean, a lot of people have a lot of different theories over this. And again, I'm not a license to tell you what to do, uh, but you'll have to kind of figure that on your own. But timing the market can be very dangerous. Uh, some people have done it successfully, but it's very difficult to do it consistently successfully because the markets are, well, they're volatile. I mean, that's, that's just the nature of the beast. So if you buy something, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. There is a risk associated with it, but there can be some good upsides to it. So, And then there's also what's called preferred stock. This is ownership without a vote. So sometimes you're going to get issued a stock that's preferred. You don't get to vote on it, but it's going to pay dividends, uh, probably even higher than, than what you would normally get in a common stock, because not all stocks do pay dividends. Some, some stocks just are what they are. A lot of the tech stocks out there, you just buy them at whatever price they are. And if they go up and then you sell them, you can make money. Otherwise, your money just stays in there until it goes up or down as, as, as high or low as you want. Or, you know, maybe you never sell it or see what happens. Or the company gets bought and it gets in, absorbed into something else. But these preferred stocks, they usually pay dividends. They do pay dividends. And in the event of a bankruptcy, so unfortunately, if everything goes to the bottom, they would get their, they would get paid whatever's owed to them before the common stockholders, but after what the creditors are. So I don't see too many of these preferred stocks. I haven't invested in too many of these preferred stocks. Uh, I would probably have to do a little bit more research on it. So if you want me to do a little bit more research on it to, to explain what those are, let me know. And uh, I will I will certainly look into that. So I just know there's common stocks. That's what mostly gets put out there. And then there's preferred stocks. And then why should you understand the stock market? Why do you even care? So I, I know like capitalism before we talked about this, this is more of a, a macroeconomics. It's more of a, you know, what, what does this have to do with personal finance? You might be asking yourself. Well, the reason why I think you need to understand how stock market works is it gives you an idea of what's going on in the economy overall. You know, if you see stocks going up, you know, normally people have more that they're they're uh, have more confidence in what's going on in the economy, and and the and vice versa, right? So with the interest rate hikes, you know, the the markets get a little scared because things are going to cost more, or people aren't going to be able to buy stuff. You may see that there's swings in the market, so the market can kind of foreshadow on maybe how the economy is doing. It's not always a direct correlation, but it just, it's, just, it's just a data point that you may want to use to see how your money's doing in your personal. It also gives you, it's part of your investment strategy, right? If you're going to do some investing, hopefully once you have your savings, once you have your emergency fund established, and once you have your essentials under control and, and even your wants, when you start to invest or more to build wealth, this is one of the common ways that people do it. They need to get in the stock market. So understanding how stock markets work is very important. Understanding how trades work and, and how if you put money in and you buy a company's share, the understanding it goes up and down. I think that's important because, you know, a lot of things you have control over. So if you find a company that you know and love, you know, and you want to invest in it, then here's your opportunity to own a piece of it. How cool is that? Right. And then if you have a company that you feel like you align with ideologically, you know, they, you feel like they do, they're doing things the right way and you want to help support them and help them raise capital, then you can invest in that way as well. So it gives you a little bit of control over your little piece of the world as to who you endorse going forward. So I think that's, that's a great, that's a cool thing that, that happens with stock markets is you have an opportunity to own a little bit of what you believe in and what you want to be real in the world. So you also have to understand that it impacts your retirement. So if you have a 401k or you're doing mutual funds, you know, the, those are just bundles of stocks. So you need to understand how that works. So if you if you have a retirement plan with an employer, they are investing in the same market as you are. So understanding how the market's doing will impact directly 
how much you're you're saving for retirement. So sometimes it's it's good to know how that's working. It's not that you have a lot of control over it, but just understanding how it will impact your finances. As the markets change over time, it's going to impact your net worth, right? Remember that net worth is assets minus liabilities is your net worth. So if you have investments in your retirement account or investments in your wealth building accounts, as the markets change, that's going to change your net income month over month. And I I suggest that you check that once a month. It's not that you should look at the stock markets every day and, you know, freak out about it because you don't have that much control over it, but you just need to understand how it is impacting your personal finances in the longer run. And then understand that world events move markets. I mean, wars, and then there's, you know, economic, there's pandemics, you know, there's all kinds of things that will impact the markets. It's funny because the markets, you think it would be a very logical, hey, we're going to do business together, but sometimes it can be very emotional. You know, I feel really strongly about this company, but then a bad news story comes out about the company and then their stock starts to drop because people lose faith in the company. So it's interesting to see how world events move markets. And so it's something you need to be aware of. So when you're picking a stock or you're picking a company that you want to invest in, you need to be mindful of how volatile it is from a, you know, to the world. As far as, you know, people look up to it and this is a great company. It's been around for a very long time. To all the way to, hey, this is a new company. We have no idea what they are. You know, maybe it's a tech company. It's very volatile. It goes up and down. You know, they're, they're doing some exciting things, but all of a sudden you realize that, that there's really nothing under the hood and then they're going out of business. So you have to be mindful of that when you're investing as well. But again, check with a financial advisor. I'm not licensed to tell you what markets to pick so or which stocks to pick, I should say. So understanding the stock market, right? It's a place where you can buy and sell pieces of the company. It gives the company an opportunity to raise money to, for their initiatives, whatever they're wanting to do, whether it's innovate or make a new product or build plants. For you, it gives you an opportunity to own part of a company. That's pretty cool. And this is the place where people meet to do that. There's different types of stock. There's common stock where you actually get a vote. You get a little bit of a say-so on how the company is going to operate going forward or the people who are going to be leading that company. And then there's preferred stocks where you don't get that vote, but you do get paid dividends for being an investor into that company. So, And there's some advantages to that. If something were to happen bad with the company, you know, you don't ever want that to happen. But in the event that it does there is some uh, shielding from you that the common stockholders wouldn't get. Why you need to understand it is because the economy, it, stock market kind of gives you an idea of the economy overall. It, it's part of your investment strategy, whether you're investing directly or not. Your retirement probably is, and so you just need to understand how that's going to impact your your net income, I mean, your net, uh, net worth statement. So understand that. And then understand that world events will help it go up and down. And the younger you are, the more time you have, right? So you, you don't have to worry about it. But as you get closer to retirement, you may want to start thinking about moving stuff around. But that's probably for another show. Hey, reach out to me. You can find me at townleytech at gmail.com. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sean Townley. And you can find me at my website, seantownley.com. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Townley Money Basics. Goodbye, world.